0: After a recent move, Roger and Kathy settled in at the new church. Pastor Smith greeted them with a warm smile and hearty handshake. The whole church was just so friendly. Welcomed them with open arms. Before long, Roger met several men at work who were genuinely interested in a Bible study. So Roger invited them to come to his house, bring your families, we're going to have a great Bible study. It was exciting. Kathy was going to get to meet their wives and one of their teenage sons. And they were so hungry for God's word, they just seemed to soak it in. Each Tuesday night was a joy. The group met with open minds and open hearts, and before long, they were all baptized in Jesus' name. It was a wonderful day when Matthew was the first to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and speak with other tongues. His wife was jealous. Standing next to Matthew, Priscilla was crying and asking God why she didn't get this special present from heaven, as she liked to call it, like Matthew did. All of a sudden, Matthew turned to Priscilla, threw his arms around her, and they rocked back and forth. He was speaking in a beautiful, heavenly language, and she was sobbing uncontrollably. But before long, she too was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. They both started jumping up and down, holding hands like two little children. It was quite a sight. Roger and Kathy were ecstatic. They had only been in town for six months, and already five people had come to be filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit. They joked that they had spiritual babies before they had any natural ones. It was an incredible journey for them and they knew God had even more surprises for them down the road. When they were talking about what had happened with Pastor Smith, suddenly Roger blurted out, is this what it's like to reap souls from God's harvest? Kathy mentioned how easy it was to win these people to the Lord and the pastor cheerfully replied, I believe so. God called you here He opened the doors to your jobs. He helped you find a house, a church. He helped you find hungry friends for him. He needed somebody to reach out to your friends, and you answered that call. I would say you stepped into God's harvest, and you found some very ripe souls ready for harvest. Kathy and Roger rejoiced in this fact that God had used them to further his kingdom. Little did they know there was another field about to be harvested. Just a few weeks later, Kathy found out they were going to have a baby. And Roger was beside himself with joy. God had literally dropped another little soul into their lives to bring to him. Now that is the way to live. And we will hear more about that right after this.
1: Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast. Brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives.
0: Good day to you, God's Word for Life listeners. I'm L.J. Harry, happy to be your host, and you're listening to the God's Word for Life Companion Podcast. I hope your day is going swimmingly. You're listening to the God's Word for Life Companion Podcast That means it's companion to the God's Word for Life Lesson Guide, Daily Devotional Guide to the God's Word for Life, Small Group Guide, all those great resources to help us learn and live out God's Word for life. And today's episode comes from the book of Matthew, chapter twenty, verses fifteen through sixteen. Jesus asks the question, Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? Is thine eye evil because I am good? So the last shall be first and the first last, for many be called, but few chosen. And this episode goes right along with the lesson dated October 15th, 2023, called The Parable of the Laborers. The grapes were ripe and dangling heavy on the vine. It was the perfect time to harvest them. The owner of the vineyard stepped out onto the veranda and assessed the situation. He realized if he didn't get some workers in there to help, he might lose some of this crop. So he threw on his cloak and headed for the market. Usually, plenty of people were there looking for work, and as he drew near to the marketplace, sure enough, he noticed several able-bodied workers making themselves available for hire. He selected the strong ones because at that time, harvesting grapes had to be done by hand picking the fruit. It was a back-breaking job. The workers had to bend down to inspect the fruit before extracting a cluster ready for harvest. When we compare the vineyard from the story to today, we recognize God's harvest is filled with souls ready to come to Him, people who need to hear the Word of God. And God's field may not always be easy to harvest, and it might seem to be a backbreaking job at times, or certainly a tearful one at times, but in the end, it is truly rewarding. Paul addressed the need to go into the field and harvest souls for the kingdom of God when he asked, How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Romans 10 verse 14 Right now we are witnessing a great hunger among unbelievers for something real and lasting. It seems like people of this generation are looking for a spiritual experience, but they don't exactly know where to find it. And so some seek answers through yoga or spiritualism or drugs or even witchcraft to try to satiate that spiritual hunger. As born-again Christians, we know what they need. We know how to lead them because we were once where they are now. Paul told the church in Corinth, And such were some of you. You guys were scoundrels, scallywags, 'er rapscallions, ne'er-do-wells, cutthroats. But thank God you're washed. You're sanctified. You're justified. God uses what we know now, and He uses experiences from our past as tools to help us reach people who are hurting, wounded, lost, God gives us His wisdom to carefully take their hand and lead them to a genuine, deep, meaningful relationship with a real God they can feel. Here's a question for you. What are some things you have learned during your journey with Jesus that would help new Christians be successful as they begin theirs? Now God does His part. He draws souls to Him. We do our part by reaching out to them. We Teach them, we preach to them, we live out this glorious gospel. And this great hunger for God all around us fosters a wonderful need for us to be laborers, bringing souls into God's family. Just like the landowner in this parable brought workers into his vineyard, God also calls us to work in his field. When he went into the marketplace, the landowner found people who were willing and ready and waiting to work. During those Bible times, they would gather early in the marketplace. And when somebody agreed to work for another, they decided on a daily wage before they would begin working. Both the landowner and the laborers came to an agreement. Well, that day began like any other day. The owner of the vineyard hired helpers to harvest the crop, but somewhere in the process he realized, oh boy, I need more help. So he went back into the village, back into the marketplace, and thankfully there were some more able-bodied workers needing a job, and he hired them. This happened several times throughout the day. It happened at first, at 6 a.m., then 9 a.m., then 12 noon, then 3 p.m., and then finally, one last time, at 5 p.m. Typically, that day would be over around 6 p.m. He was hiring workers all the way up until the time it was pretty much time to clock out. He knew he could use as much help as he could get. This is very similar for us. The closer we get to the coming of the Lord... God compels us to go out and disciple people he is drawing to himself. And sometimes that work seems like too much for us. That's when we should take time to mentor others to work in God's vineyard. This world is huge. I was walking through the airport just not terribly long ago in Chicago, Midway, and looked at all the people going here, going there. This world is huge, and that's just one airport in one city in one country on one continent. Certainly it's too much for us, by ourselves, to reach the world, which is why we pray for laborers, and we go and we send laborers. So here's a question, practically speaking, how can we mentor others to reach out to unbelievers? Our God is intentional. His plan includes souls who are already prepared for us to show them the way. He is reaching and He's asking us, to reach for them as well. We should be available to work in any area God calls us. When we try to go our own way, we only make it difficult. God makes a way. God opens doors. God directs us toward his plan. God wants us to work in his field and glean from a ripe vineyard. If we try to work a harvest that's not ripe, we're going to waste valuable time. We need to follow God's direction. As the sun began to sink into the horizon, the day's work was just about finished, The owner lined up everybody to hand out the agreed-upon daily wage. For that day, it was a penny. Now, the penny was different than our shiny Lincoln penny. It meant a whole lot more to them. It was a day's wage. The New King James Version calls it a denarius. Basically, it was a denarius a day, which was generous. That was a day's wage. So when the people who came at 5 p.m. got a day's wage, they were excited. I worked an hour, got paid for a day. This is a great plan. I'll see you at 5 p.m. tomorrow. Then the folks who worked at 3, they got a day's wage, and they were thrilled. And then the ones who came at noon, and then the same for those who came at 9 a.m. And the ones who had come at 6 a.m., who were there for the heat of the day, who had borne the brunt of all the work, all day, 12 hours, 6 to 6, they thought for sure they were going to be paid more. For those who came at 5 p.m., they were paid a day's wage simply because the landowner is gracious the grace of god is extravagant for every person who reaches out and takes advantage of god's amazing provision does it doesn't matter to god whether we've been in this christian way for 40 years or we have just come in the last 4 weeks god's grace is extravagant for everybody it is abundant it is free god is no respecter of persons or rank or social status everybody has the opportunity to receive his amazing grace. We should all be thankful for God's amazing grace. He serves up grace in large portions. Here's a question. How has God's grace filled your life with meaning? Now here we go. Put yourself in those grape-stained sandals of the hard workers who came at 6 a.m. and worked until 6 p.m. And you just watched guys who they came not even long enough to get their hands stained. And you look down at your hands and it looks like Sherwin-Williams exploded on your hands. You've been working all day. You'll be fortunate if your family doesn't make you sleep outside tonight because you smell like you've been working all day. And yet, they got paid the same. In this parable, the people who came in early were so upset at those who came late They didn't understand why they received the same wage as everybody else. They were angry. They approached the owner, hands on their hips, tapping their feet. We we demand an explanation. But the owner never gave them one. The owner just gave them grace. We must be very careful not to judge how God works with other people. Each of us have very unique needs. What might take years for one person might just take days for another. A believing wife might pray for her husband to come to God for thirty, forty, fifty years, and finally, after decades, God does answer her prayers, and he lives the last few years of his life basking in the abundant grace of God. Another might wander in the church from a nearby bar, fall down to the altar, repent, and receive the Holy Ghost in minutes. We cannot judge how God deals with each person. We just know he will meet everybody at their point of need, even... If that means they turn and walk out of the church, never to return, God will meet them. It's a privilege to work for God. He owes us nothing. When he calls us to work in his field, it's not long before we are aware of his infinite grace. His blessings are bountiful. Everything we do for him comes with much greater benefits than anything we have to give. We always get more than we give. When we work in God's field, we have the opportunity to see his goodness in action. We get to watch new believers surrender their life to Jesus and we get to watch chains break from addictions that have held people bound and captive for years. We we see the euphoria of somebody brand new coming into the kingdom of God and helping that person receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It is like being nearby when somebody is naturally born. Tears of joy stream down our faces as we watch people born again People who have been reached through Bible studies and they launch out on their own and they share God's word with others. People who have been taught a Bible study now are teaching Bible studies. The benefits of working in God's field are endless. Let's not begrudge others who are blessed like we have been blessed to be blessed. Let's be thankful. Let's respond to that call of God and be part of that answer to a prayer request from Jesus when Jesus said, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Now, the owner of the vineyard, he could do whatever he wanted. It was his vineyard. The workers were there because he was kind enough to hire them and give them a job for the day. The land did not belong to the workers, didn't belong to the merchants, didn't belong to the servants. The owner was the sole owner of that land, and he was solely responsible for the work on his land and the workers he hired to help harvest the crop on his land. In like manner, God is the owner of this field. It is not my church. It is not your church. It is God's church. In fact, let me help us a little bit. I'm not sure what church you're part of because you're listening from all the way from here, all the way over to Romania, and thank you for all those listening around the world. But when I was pastoring, I did not want people to say, I go to LJ's church because I did not want them to see it as my church. I wanted them to see it as God's church. Even to this day, when somebody asks me, where's that youth rally or where's the conference going to be held? I try not to say it's going to be held at Brother So and So's church. I try to say it'll be held at First Apostolic Church or Landmark Tabernacle or Heritage Church, but not a person's church because it is not our church. It is his. God owns this field. All we have been called to do is work in it. He's given us a job to bring in the souls. He has prepared. We can't save them, but we can help bring them to Him. We leave the process of saving up to God. We witness to people. We offer Bible studies. We teach. We preach. We exhort. We share our testimony and our story. But when everything is said and done, God and God alone gives the increase. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 7. Now, how have you seen God work in the lives of people you have reached out to? The vineyard. It's more than just dirt. The fruit contains future produce and future provision. When we lead souls to Jesus Christ, they in turn bring others into the kingdom of God. God is so faithful. He oversees this land. He oversees this work. And he faithfully prepares souls and draws them to himself. When we work in his field, it will be a vibrant, inspiring experience that enhances our own relationship with him. When my friend John was baptized, when I was a teenager, I remember standing on the platform as he was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And when he came out of the water, it was like a lightning bolt hit me. God moved on me so powerfully. He refilled me with a gift of his Holy Spirit. I began Praying and praising God in another language that I was not scripted. I didn't plan on it. I didn't think I would respond in that way. But when I saw somebody's sins washed away, somebody I had been ministering to and teaching and helping disciple, when I saw that happen, it changed my life. It blessed me to watch him be blessed. At the end of this parable, the owner came and I see him placing his hand on the sweaty shoulder of one of those. 6 a.m. workers, and he helped see that all of this was okay. They were looking at it all wrong. He reminded them first that we agreed on this, remember? We stood in the marketplace at 6 a.m., and you were munching on your Dunkin' Donut, and I told you I will pay you a denarius today, and you smiled, shook my hand, and said, when do we leave, boss? Then he pointed out They were judging him according to what they expected rather than being grateful for that he had been gracious to others. Yeah, the guys who came at 5 p.m. didn't deserve a denarius for that day because they only worked one hour, not a day. So when he gave them a denarius, it wasn't because they deserved it. It was because he was gracious and kind. And the first complainers, they missed the point. It was a tough lesson for them to learn, but they learned to be grateful for what they had. And with this parable, Jesus gave us a beautiful object lesson on grace. His grace. His abundant grace. His amazing, extravagant, lavish grace. Here's a real tough question. How can we fight the temptation to be jealous of somebody who has been blessed? Let's say somebody who has only had the Holy Ghost for a short time and is used in the gifts of the Spirit and in ministry more than we are. How do we fight that temptation to feel like they have to stay here as long as we have to pay their dues, but yet God uses them more than he uses us? Ooh, that's a tough one. It's hard to rejoice with others when you're jealous of others. Sometimes it's hard to see things from God's point of view. In this parable, the vineyard workers didn't see at first what the owner was doing. They just saw everything was unfair. We've got to learn to trust God's decisions and accept He's sovereign. He's God, we're not. He sees things differently than we do. He sees the whole picture. He's not tethered to time like we are. He can see the beginning and the end all at the same time. One of our friends, Sister Rachel Coltharp, made a wonderful statement the other day to me when she said, God writes long stories. He absolutely does. Before the owner ever got there, He knew what he would do at 6 p.m. before it was even 6 a.m. because he knew he was gracious. This concept that God is not tethered to time is really tough for us to understand. In his grace, we probably never will. But we don't have to understand it to be thankful for it. Let's just be grateful. Never jealous, never envious or covetous of what others have, but grateful God is blessing them and grateful for all the blessings God has given us. And with that, let's wrap this up. Amir looked down at his bag. He noticed the two pairs of drumsticks in it. Then he looked back up at the platform. The music director was smiling as Aaliyah tapped out a simple rhythm on the snare drum. Amir was not smiling. He had been the one to show up for practices on Saturday night, And he woke up early on Sunday for rehearsal before service and he was practicing those really tough songs with those really weird rhythms all the time at home. Aaliyah wouldn't know any of that because her family had moved to town three weeks ago, but the music director did. Am I being replaced? Amir wondered. He didn't have to wonder long because the music director stopped him in the parking lot as they were leaving church. Hey, did you get the chance to meet Aaliyah today? The director asked. No, but I'm really glad you brought that up. Is she the new drummer? Is she taking my place? And the music director looked puzzled and said, we we don't really have just one official drummer, Amir. I, yeah, I get that. I, I mean, I'm glad she's coming to church and all, but she's not been here long and she doesn't really know how we do things yet. I, I think people who have been around and put their time in, they should be the backbone of this team. They should be the starters, not the ones on the bench. And the director just stood there and listened. Hey, Amir, do you remember when you moved here? You only knew a few basic beats, and you were new back then too, remember? Do you remember how you got your start? You helped in a youth service. Well, that's what I'm hoping to do with Aaliyah, but in either case, this is not a competition. Serving in the kingdom of God is not a contest. All of us are giving our gifts back to God whenever he asks, wherever he asks, because It is all about pleasing him and glorifying him, not showcasing us. Amir gulped. That one got him. Man, you're right. I'm sorry. Hey, wherever the church needs me, that's where I want to be. Now, that's a good attitude. Thanks, music director. Thanks, Amir. If God has put an Aaliyah in your life, let's be thankful that they are blessed to be a blessing and never jealous. Now let's pray. This is a tough parable to swallow because we are naturally jealous of others who get what we have if they get there faster than we got it. So let's pray for God to teach us how to hear and respond to his voice whenever he calls so we work in his field. And for God to help us understand no matter what's in our past, we're covered by his grace and we should be thankful for grace in our lives and in the lives of others. Lord Jesus, I love you. You've been so good to me. Truly, if you never do another thing for me, you've already done so much. I don't deserve the grace you've shown me already. I certainly don't deserve future grace. I thank you for all you've done for me. Help me to hear and answer whenever you call to work in your field. And may I be grateful for the blessings you've given me, never jealous of others when you bless them. And may I, Lord, may I be willing to rejoice with and promote others who are also being promoted and blessed. May I rejoice with them and never be jealous. Root out any jealous or envy or covetousness I have in my own heart. I want to be right with you and with my brothers and sisters. I pray this today, and I thank you for hearing and answering my prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks so much, God's Word for Life listeners. Be sure to subscribe, follow, like, share, and you'll never miss an episode, and neither will your friends. Bless them. Let them know about the podcast, and be sure to head over to PentecostalPublishing.com because we've got some outstanding resources. We have all the God's Word for Life resources right there at PentecostalPublishing.com, so you can get lesson guides, daily devotional guides, You get activity pages and papers, devotional activity papers for the children. You get all kinds of wonderful resources for curriculum. If you're teaching or you're doing small groups, it's all there, PentecostalPublishing.com. Also, very soon, we will have a brand new podcast called The Formed Podcast. If you're a teacher, it will teach teacher training. And we're working out some technical glitches that we just cannot seem to to get around. So once we get those fixed, it'll be up and running on our YouTube channel as well as Spotify, Apple, and Google, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Next week, we have a very special episode called So Shall It Be, and it is all based on All Nations Sunday. I'm excited to get to share that one with you next week and always look forward
1: to learning and living out God's Word for Life. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life,